0: Hi, friends, and welcome to a bonus episode of Escaping the Cave. Tanzillaxpot, escapingthecave.com, also on uh, Facebook. Go check it out this week if you want to. <laughs> I've opened things up a little bit. <laughs> I'll talk about this later. Maybe on Sunday. There's technically a Twitter account. You don't need to worry about that. Still don't need to worry about that. I've thought about releasing a second episode this week. And. Thought about it, we don't really know what's going on, do we? We know what's happened. We know Trump has been impeached for inciting an insurrection, the only president ever to have been impeached in this country twice in the same term. There's question whether or not he can be impeached after he leaves office. Some people seem to think he can. The benefit of that being that he could never hold public office in this country again. Depending on your point of view, that may be exactly what we need. Whatever. That's what's happening. The big thing this week has been the impeachment, at least so far. I have enough material to do another fresh episode. I have it right now. I could probably do a couple hours. But we don't know what's going to happen this weekend. I'm recording this on the very early morning of Friday, January the 15th, 2021. Red flags are out for Sunday, the 17th. Apparently there's going to be, or possibly could be, armed protests happening in all 50 state capitals. Maybe Sunday, maybe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Inauguration Day. To sit down and throw something out right now. Feels like I need to wait. I just need to sit back and see what happens. Sort of observe things a little bit and see what happens. We're going to know a lot more about uh, this time next week. I didn't have to release anything, but I've gone back, and I've been listening to some old episodes. I've talked about this on the show. I was talking about this a little bit over the summer. I go back, and I I listen to my old podcasts when I'm out running or walking or hiking or whatever it is I'm doing outside. had an opportunity to do that yesterday. It was in the mid-40s here. went out for a run in the woods. (laughs) Half running, half ice skating, anyway. And I listened to an episode from August of 2019, it was episode number 45, September 10th. And the title is Iceberg Ahoy, Validation Junkies and the Chosen Ones. It's one of my favorite episodes. There's a string of those. Newton's Third Law of Totalitarian Messiahs was released right after that. The Internal Narrative Trojan Horse, Propaganda blind Spots, Constituents Mob, quite a few pretty good episodes. Agitational Dysfunction and Revolutionary Hatred, that was released in October of 2019 sort of in the heels, in the wake of all the agitation propaganda material that I had done in July and August. Probably should go back and listen to them if you're new to the podcast, if you're new to the show. But a lot of this stuff applies, man. A lot of this stuff has been sort of leading, being funneled to this this period in time that I think we're finding ourselves in right now. I talk about this, I talk about where I think we're going as a society. I've been talking about this for three years. I don't want to toot my own horn here too loud, but nobody else will if I don't. (laughs) So I'm trying to find out, figure out, how much of this I really need to restate. Or should I just go back and grab some of the stuff that I've already talked about and replay it in the context of the time that I aired it? This is a good one. I'm just going to play, I think, the second part of it. Starts off talking about QAnon and this want and this need to believe. Try to give yourself permission to believe something you desperately want to believe. This is the episode where I start talking about the victim-slash-perpetrator relationship. Is this a victim-perpetrator situation? Is this being inflicted upon us? Are we being victimized? Or is this a dealer-user relationship? Sort of like Walter White. Talk about how it's going to get worse with the technology, the data overload, and that how, when we get confused, human beings default to narratives and myth. Religion. The religious crutch to explain the world we cannot explain for ourselves. And how that applies to ideology, how that applies to myths and disinformation, propaganda. Narratives, narratives, narratives. Narratives explain the world. The schema. We're seeing that manifest itself right now. Informational anarchy has become literal anarchy. Yeah, I know Donald Trump came on the air yesterday, and he said, oh, please don't do anything. Now he comes out. I'm sure that'll help. I'm sure his followers thought that was on the level and uh, authentic. We're going to find out this weekend. What happens when these religious myths, these religious narratives come out of cyberspace, leave the social media realm, and start traipsing around in the desert of the real? I keep hearing this. I keep hearing Twitter and Facebook. They're not really America. Hmm. I think we have to rethink that platitude. As what we saw at the Capitol last week looked an awful lot like Twitter and Facebook. The rhetorical combat became the real thing. What's going to happen this weekend? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way for me to get to Lansing with my camera. I can tell you that. Trying to figure out, really, honestly, if I have the sack to do it or not. But I feel like I should be there. I feel like I should see this with my own eyes. Follow up the pictures I took of uh, Chicago during Trump's inauguration with whatever's happening for Biden's. Is this going to be... Uh, An every four year thing now? Of course it is. Who are you kidding? Show your work. Show your work. <laughs> Challenged elections, nobody, half the country, the losing half, not believing the outcome of the election. All you need is doubt. Doubt. Doubt is all you need. Doubt is all you need. I'm having a hard time here because I have, I'm feeling like 53 different directions. I'm at a fork that goes in 53 different directions that I could walk right now, most of which I have already talked about on this very podcast. And I probably should talk about each and every one of them again first we need to know where we're going. more things to look for in this episode talking about ignoring human nature I, and this is where I I continue to tear into the blank slatists. I've been doing that for a couple of years. I never got to that book by Steven Pinker. I never really got to to, to the the evisceration of these people these these blank slatists who want to believe that human nature doesn't doesn't exist. I have a little little uh, a nugget on that in here. Start talking about how in a crisis, you need honesty. You need the people in charge to be honest, to tell you the truth. There's another angle to this, by the way. A guy that got shot in Wisconsin, apparently he went on Good Morning America yesterday. Did he say that he was indeed holding a knife? While the entire national news media said that he wasn't, that an unarmed black man had been shot? Sending... Various cities around the country into more turmoil? Indeed, he was holding a knife? He was armed, like the cop said he was? Admitted as much? Is there going to be a retraction? Hey, Jake Tapper, you got. Do you have blood on your hands, Jake? We're saying white police officers shot an unarmed black man again. <laughs> Go get your reparations down at the shoe store downtown while you set the neighboring business on fire. It's okay. We know you're angry. And you wonder why we're in a trust crisis with our media, with our institutions, everything else. People see through this shit. You can see through it on their side. You just can't see through it on your side. You can't see how your team is perpetrating this, but you sure as hell can see You're both right. You're both right. If you take your team shirts off, you take your sweatshirts off. Your Letterman sweater. If you take your Letterman sweater off long enough, you'd be able to see it. How ridiculous this is. And Taibi, Matt Taibi, Substack, he's writing over there. If you don't uh, want to pay for it, you're not gonna get the full articles, but he's got some good stuff over there. Talking about <laughs> the cult. Uh, the cults are robbing us of ourselves. I got to tell you man, uh, uh, I'll get into a little bit of this in the show, the little the 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 section I'm going to uh, play for you once I wrap this diatribe up. Uh, Matt Taibbi wrote a book called Hate Incorporated, I talked a little bit about it. I had never actually finished that book. The guy was pretty much echoing everything I had already said. And it was just basically away from me. <laughs> See, Taibbi thinks so too. That was pretty much what it was. Had I read any further and had I talked about it more on the show, but His hate, the hate he talks about and Hate Incorporated has a market. It's a wet market online. A wet hate market. We want this stuff. It's us. It's us. And until we understand that, until we understand that, until we accept it, there is no solution at hand. When I recorded this clip, shortly after I had discovered Your Undivided Detention, the podcast, and I said in that episode, it's not going to be in this clip, but I did say in that show, you can go back and listen to the original if you want to, it's still up, that it was nice to see someone actually looking at the situation, addressing the situation, but I didn't have any hope a year and a half ago that they were going to be able to come up with a legitimate, viable solution because the solution is not just the technology They exploit us. They do. The algorithms, everything else. But they are not fully at fault. They are exploiting an addiction. They are exploiting us. They are exploiting the organic mind. The only thing that can change that mind, the only thing that can close that hole in the firewall, is us. The switch is internal. Not everything that's faced can be fixed. But nothing can be fixed until it's faced. And that is where we're failing, miserably. The Titanic metaphor I use in here is one of my favorites. We just hit an iceberg. Talking about the iceberg coming. In this episode, we just hit it. (laughs) April 12th, 1912, is that the date? Well, our April 12th was January 6th. And here we are. We're standing on the deck of the Titanic. The ship's getting ready to sink. The ship's getting ready to list. And we're all going to be swimming around in the frigid North Atlantic. And we're standing on each side of the deck, pointing fingers, throwing snowballs and ice balls at the other side, blaming them for what happened while we're getting ready to be flung into the sea. <laughs> If you only knew the things he's making me say, you'd stop bitching about the NRA and mercifully liberate me from this evil bastard of a man. I was better off working as a sex bot in Bangkok. I'm getting and I'm getting really sick of guys named Todd. back took us way back instantly. I want so much to believe that song's going to make a lot of sense here in a couple of minutes. But there are a few things that I wanted to get into that sort of tie into the propaganda theme and the social media disease theme that uh, all of this is sort of interconnected to. And uh, we were talking about narratives, Matt and I. He's been reading a book on 4chan, 8chan. And he's convinced that he has a pretty good idea where a lot of these conspiracies are coming from and how these are basically trolls. Just basically putting out bullshit. Fake information, just complete fiction, and how people are snatching it up. He was talking about QAnon. I don't know a lot about QAnon, so I went and Googled him when he started talking about these guys, and I realized that these QAnon people, when they're talking about how these elites basically are organized and are preying on young children, sexually molesting young children, I realized that I had heard that before. Uh, Radio host, a guy I worked with in Denver back in 2006, that was one of the big things that he was a part of. He really believed that. He was investigating it. He was talking about it on his show all the time, how these elites are part of a big pedophile ring, an organized pedophile ring, where they go and they, like, pray to Satan. Literally, I think he said this. They they would go and pray to Satan and then have sex with children. This stuff isn't original. The stuff coming from QAnon. Whoever put this stuff together, whoever sort of injected this into the ecosystem, just basically lifted it from shit that had been out there in the conspiracy realm for, for years. And people found it, and they believed it, and they started perpetuating it. Same thing with Pizzagate. It's the same damn idea. And all this stuff started over at 4chan or over at 8chan. As basically a trolling exercise to get people riled up and see if they could sell people on bullshit. And by God, they did. According to Matt, they didn't really want this stuff to go mainstream. They were just fucking around, but people took it mainstream and all of a sudden it's a thing. and You got people holding Q signs up at Donald Trump rallies. (sighs) What this boils down to is some stuff that I have been talking about quite a bit and that's wanting to believe something. Can I believe this? Do I choose Do I choose to allow myself to believe this? Because I want to believe this. Can I believe this? I think I shall. Wanting to believe the narrative. And this is the allure of disinformation and propaganda. I'm going to say it again. I'm sorry. I hate to be repetitive, but I honestly thought that eventually I would see how these evil uh, propagandists were victimizing the people. At least a little bit. That is not the case. (sighs) They're exploiting it, sure. But this isn't a victim-perpetrator scenario here. This is more of a Walter White-junkie relationship. You want this stuff, you need this stuff. And I think you're going to be able to see if you have any kind of clear vision, any ability to clearly see anything. But more importantly, if you allow yourself to be clearly introspective, good fucking luck with that. But if you do, if you're one of the few people who can even attempt that, you're going to be able to see how this is true. We are not blameless. We are not poor little innocent victims. Being brutalized by the propagandists. That is not the case, my friends. It is not the case. In no way, in no shape, in no fashion. Sure, they're exploiting it, but you want to be exploited. You do. Is Walter White really the problem, or is it the junkie that gets hooked on his product? Who's to blame here? Maybe a little bit of both, huh? Maybe. It could be. I'll leave that to you. But Matt put it this way. If you want the story, you'll watch the movie. And that is a really good way to put this. I would actually say if you demand the story, you'll watch it. Do we need it? Do we demand it? Do we demand to have our preferential worldview, our schema? Do we demand to have that reinforced? And will we go find it wherever, wherever, It's provided. And if we do, like Walter White, is it possible, do you think, to monetize that? Do you think it's possible not only to exploit it politically and for power purposes, but to monetize it and laugh all the way to the bank? Or in Walter White's realm, when you go bury your barrel in the desert? A lot of what's happened. A lot of what I've been talking about and will continue to be talking about Falls right there. We want it. And in some ways, we can't do without it. And things are getting worse now. With the advent of this technology that we are wholly and 1,000% unprepared for, with this deluge of data, disconnected data, misinformation, disinformation, propaganda, spin, lies, fictions, we are deluged with information that we can possibly cut through. So... We default to the narrative. We default to the myth. Whatever it is we choose to cling on to to explain this incredibly, ridiculously confusing world made even more so by this deluge and choking on data. This isn't going to get any better. This is not going to get any better at all. It's just going to get worse the more, the more people understand How to manipulate human nature. More on human nature coming. Stayed the fuck tuned for that. But the more people figure out how to exploit it, and the more people, the more people deny that it exists, human nature, this sort of backdoor, this Trojan horse access to your mind, the more people reject that it's even there. And the more people understand how to exploit that, it's only going to get worse. This is the tip of the fucking iceberg. There's no doubt about that. I'm sorry. If you want your, your sausage party, no, go, 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 go elsewhere. There's a really good part of this book that I found this week. I've been reading a lot of it, trying to pull it all together, reading, reading some of it the second, third, and fourth times. But he makes a very good point. He, he was dealing with this sort of, people were accusing him of being a nihilist, even back then. And he says one of the most important things you can do at a time of crisis is honesty. You don't bullshit people when you're in a time of crisis. You don't lie to them. You have to point out weaknesses. You have to point out holes in the wall back in the medieval times. Hey, that one over there, there's a hole in the wall. The huns are coming. You might want to patch it up. And the equivalent of this today, when you start talking to people about the, 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 the propaganda and, and, and human nature, these, these blank slatists that deny it even fucking exists, basically that's the equivalent of saying, I can't see it. I'm going to cover my eyes and not look at the hole in the wall, and then it's not there, and the Huns won't come. That is what we're dealing with. I, I, and so I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and give you false hope. I'm not going to do that. And don't trust anybody who does. They're lying to you. They're exploiting you. They're exploiting that need for hope. They're exploiting that need and that desire for you to take your head and shove it in the sand because you do not want to look at the situation we are in. And if you do, then it's not their fault, right? It's not their fault for exploiting that. It's yours for letting them. It's yours for not having any sort of a willing tether to reality. <sighs> Look, I miss happy endings, man. I, I keep looking and looking. I have done this. I've done this in the last couple of weeks. I've done it in the last couple of months. In the last year, two years, I've been doing this repeatedly. Like, Okay, oh, am I being just cynical? Am I just being a nihilist? Am I being a fatalist? Okay, let me, okay, I'm going to try to count. I'm going to try to see the bright side. It'll work for an hour. Maybe the technology will evolve. Maybe we'll just learn how to use all this stuff, and we'll just be thinking kumbaya by 2030. Now, it always comes back to the same thing. It always comes back. I'm always reminded we're on the fucking Titanic. But the problem is, that doesn't work, does it? When I say that, it doesn't work on you. It doesn't work on most people. Maybe it works on you if you're still listening, but most people now, they hear this stuff. Oh my God, I don't want to hear that. I want the easy thing. I want the thing that's going to make me feel good. I I want the thing that's going to give me hope and just let me do my life and make sure everything's going to be okay. It's the psychology of children. You've got to tell them that the fairy tale has a happy ending, that the big bad wolf isn't going to come and eat them. The public at large, they're not that much different than children. you want to tell people the truth, you better make them laugh or else they're going to kill. It's the same idea. You've got to give the children hope. It's like Ward Cleaver. He's always going to come home. Home to June. June, by the way, not really fucking Eddie Haskell. Oh, no, just tutoring him three days a week. Wally, yeah. He can quit the smack whenever he wants. The cuts on the beeves' arm. That was from walking through the briar patch, huh? You gotta give people hope. You gotta give them that. You gotta give it, it's, it. And what if there isn't any? What if there isn't any beyond telling the people to hold up a fucking mirror in front of their face and look at themselves? Look at what they're doing. Look at how they behave. Look at what they seek out. If that's the only cure and they refuse to look, what do you got? What do you got? We are on the Titanic. The difference is the Titanic. Hit that iceberg in the middle of the night. It's broad daylight in this metaphor. We've got 20-mile visibility. 20-fucking-mile. It's as clear as day where this is headed. Clear as day. We see the iceberg. We see it every fucking day. We saw it throughout throughout the 2016 election. We're going to see it next year the same way. Even worse, because it's had four years to evolve And we're going to stand on the deck of the Titanic, looking at this iceberg steaming straight forward, while we sit there and blame the people on the other side of the fucking boat, while they blame us. The captain's got to come down and moderate the fucking mob on the deck. He can't steer the ship away from the iceberg. I don't know who the captain is. This metaphor just sort of running with it, but that's that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to sit here and argue and blame and point fingers and throw snowballs at each other while that iceberg in front of us gets closer, 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 closer until we hit it. What people don't realize in their fanatical idealism and puritanism is that it's going to plunge each and every one of us into the North Atlantic Ocean. There are no lifeboats big enough to get us to shore. The Carpathia isn't coming in this case. The Carpathia is on the other side of the Atlantic. It can't get there. And who's to say it would? Who's to say it would come and rescue this... Crop of puritanical fanatics who drove themselves into an iceberg. Maybe the people on the Carpathia, maybe the captain of the Carpathia, I forget his name at this point, got a big medal, congressional medal honor or something like that for saving all those people. He wouldn't even got, like, you know what? Fuck that. I don't want to deal with these people. Hell them. Let them sink. I refuse to lie to you. I refuse to lie to you to make you feel good. I refuse to lie to you to just keep you listening. I'm not getting any fucking money for this anyway. Maybe, I guess, if I were selling advertising, I would have to concoct some fiction. Some fiction of Sausage Party hope. I'm not doing that, thank God. So, therefore, I don't have to lie to you. This show is the same every single time, regardless of whether you download it or don't. And it's going to stay that way. I am not going to lie to you. I am not going to inseminate you with false hope. All right, we're back in 2021. That segment right there was recorded on September the 10th, 2019. And I still refuse to lie to you just to keep you coming back. With all this talk about telling people the truth, Trump telling his people the truth, they're right. Honesty is an imperative during a time of crisis. It's all of us. We're doing this to ourselves. They are not doing it to you, whoever you consider to be they. We are doing this to ourselves. There's no two ways around that. We were not ready for this. Not ready for direct democracy, democratized opinion. We were not ready to have global broadcast devices put into our pockets where we had free-range access, 24 hours a day, seven days a week to say anything we chose to anyone in the world with no accountability. There's free speech, and then there's verbal anarchy. We were not ready for this, We have no concept of the responsibility that comes with this sort of informational power at our fingertips. And it has nothing to do with any amendment. Something written 240-50 years ago as opposed to something being applied in this digital day and age that was written when information went at the speed of horse. As recently as a hundred years ago, armies were still fighting battles four or five days after peace was declared because they didn't get news of the armistice. Free speech is a great thing. But when you have this kind of power at your fingertips, the power to agitate, the power to propagate, to spread misinformation, disinformation, something you just think is funny and, and sounds good, even if it's complete bullshit, something to demonize somebody you already think is a demon. When you have that kind of power, Something a little more sophisticated than uh, the First Amendment probably needs to be worked with or worked into the fabric. Don't you think? With great power comes great responsibility. This technology that I am using right now to communicate with you, (laughs) 25 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, was incredible. An incredible power we had no comprehension of. To do what I'm doing right now, to reach this many people, I had to get into radio to do it. I had to be hired. I had to be trained. I had to be licensed. And then, even then, 25 years ago, I had the capability of reaching not even a fraction of the people that I can reach with this thing today from my home fucking studio. You all can do the same thing with your fingertips on various social media platforms. Your signal is, is a hell of a lot stronger than 50,000 watts. How many countries are represented in your friends' lists? How many states? You have the capacity. You have the capability. You have the power to affect other people, to piss them off, to agitate them, to make them laugh, to make them feel good about themselves. You have the capacity to do that now. You are a public figure. If you are on social media, you are in some way, shape, or fashion a public figure. That means you have a responsibility to use it correctly. Or, (laughs) you're going to lose it. The informational anarchy isn't going to stand for long. It can't. You're seeing why right fucking now. How many troops are in D.C.? What's going to happen when last summer's rioters meet this winter's rioters? Is there a day, is there any way this isn't coming at some point? They're a little afraid of each other right now. How long is that going to last? It's inevitable, right? Then what? Then what's the crackdown going to look like? They just took the president of the United States off of social media. What do you think they're going to do with you? I'm one of the very few people that doesn't have a problem with what they did with Trump. I think social media ought to be shut down anyway. I think it's a great tool. I think it's a wonderful innovation. I used to love it. I still use it for this periodically, but knowing what I know about this material and what I have learned in the last five years about human psychology, the ego, all this stuff, the only practical solution is to shut it down completely. Facebook, Twitter, all of it. That is the one solution we have. Oh my god, I can't imagine. This isn't that big a deal. And we're resetting to 2005. The country, we weren't living in some tyrannical cave up until Facebook came along. Facebook didn't liberate us. Twitter didn't liberate us. We're on the verge of being much less free in Twitter and Parler and Facebook's wake than we were before it. Because we cannot handle the responsibility or refuse to handle the responsibility of it. Don't whine and cry. Don't shed tears. Don't give me the story of woe is me. When they start cracking down. You've earned it. You've earned it. We've earned it. I feel like I can say you because I've I've been off social media for all intents and purposes for seven months. And I have reformed my behavior. But no, you're right. I was as guilty as most of you. I was worse than a lot of you. So yes, we have earned it. I contributed to the agitation as much as most people. Up to a point. Until I realized what the fuck I was doing. That's it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear you whine and cry. As cities are burning. They took my Twitter away. Well. So, what would you think they were going to do? Leave us in a state of informational anarchy. <laughs> drowning in bullshit. And not caring, with no even marginal tethering to an external truth. Schemas and religions. The Middle East comes to America. Film at 11. When the chaff of silliness. Baseness and deception is so voluminous that it submerges the kernels of truth, freedom of speech may produce such frivolity or such mischief that it cannot be preserved against the demand for a restoration of order or of decency. If there is a dividing line between liberty and license, it's where freedom of speech is no longer respected as a procedure of the truth and becomes of the unrestricted right to exploit the ignorance and to incite the passions of the people. Then freedom is such a hullabaloo of sophistry, propaganda, special pleading, lobbying, and salesmanship that it is difficult to remember why freedom of speech is worth the pain and trouble of defending it. Amen.